This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press 1. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. From the Popcorn Talk Network, the number one online broadcast network for movie talk, this is the Cosplay Coach. Costume breakdowns and tips and tricks to create your own. And now, the coach yourself, Meredith Placco. Gonna do it. Anyways, hi everyone. This is the Cosplay Coach, and we're we're back. We were yeah, gone last week. Last week. No. Um, so yeah, uh, sorry for not being around last week, but Miss Almana had to celebrate a big milestone. That <laughs> is my birthday, so we went to Vegas. Yeah. Woo-hoo. And busted, you're like, your car broke down, and you yeah, had Yeah, tires flew off, and it was crazy adventure yeah. in the desert. Not to get too sidetracked, <laughs> but it was funny, because I was driving the other car, and Elena was calling me, and she knew I had a whole car full of people that also had cell phones, and I'm like, uh, why is Elena calling me? And I just like, hung up on her. I just watched so. you guys go by next to the tire, and I'm like, don't hit that tire, it's ours. <laughs> But uh, it looks like you made it to Vegas safely and had yes, a good birthday. Yes, return. Awesome. So we're, well, we're <laughs> so back. We are. A happy belated birthday to our cosplay coach, Alana Jordan. Yay! And uh, as always, I am uh, your host. I always say that like I'm hosting Cabaret. Uh, <laughs> Meredith Placco. And uh, I'm joined with... Emma Fife, who can be found all over the internet at Emma Fife. <laughs> and I am Elena Jordan. You can find me on Twitter at Elena Jordan. And we have a really special guest with us today. Dun, 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 dun. As I told Elena earlier, she's sitting next to nerd royalty. <laughs> just dial it back. I, know. Just, uh, back. So I just like to make her uh, uncomfortable. But this we have is Jeff Henderson. You can find him at Planet Henderson, and we'll let him tell you a little bit about what he does. Uh, I'm a storyboard concept and voiceover artist, and I've worked on um, a bunch of geek movies like <laughs> the Spider-Man series and the Dark Knight and Inception and Oz the Great and Powerful and... I drew comics for a long time and designed toys for different companies for a long time and did concept art and that's pretty rad. Do a pretty good Elvis. So, yeah. So. <laughs> so, uh, and if you uh, if you didn't hear, we're talking about the Batman, yes, the one and only today. And we figured uh, Jeff would be a great uh, tie-in because you know his work with concept and character designs. He can really kind of get into that nitty gritty stuff. We've we've poked about you know what it takes, you know how much personality goes into designing these characters and their iconic outfits. Uh, and Jeff here is going to be our resident expert on all uh, that. Well, thank you. Yeah. And, I'm a, and I'm a huge, 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 huge Batman fan. Yeah. So which, yeah, which, which you're like? Do you have a history with Batman? Like um. 
not i mean other than than loving it as much and like i feel like creatively my creative life steeped in a lot of the mythology because i mean when i was growing up it was movies and comics were like the only safe place i had to go mm-hmm. so it's one hand kind of washes the other like and as i got older and I, we had talked a little bit about the show batman holds a real special place for me in terms of pop culture mythology because i i believe that batman is completely singular unto himself when it comes to how brilliantly and perfectly he's conceived from the costume to the rogues gallery to the mythology and that everything else is like there's batman and the joker and then there's kind of everything else (laughs) he really does stand in a league of his own and i feel um you know i think with anyone who's into comics and pop culture i think we all have some familiarity with batman like even even if maybe you're not the biggest dc comics fan you know batman's such a a part of especially i know what us three (laughs) it's part of our childhood yeah i feel like you'd have to really be living under a rock in the middle of nowhere and also have complete sensory deprivation to not have heard of batman at least one there. incarnation. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's, we were talking a little bit before about how, uh, in other episodes about cosplay and how it's, you know, this great icebreaker and how there's this great outlet of taking something that you love so much and using it to fuel your own creativity to create something. And Batman is so iconic because it incorporates so many different aspects from the comic influencing the films, to the films mm-hmm. influencing the comic, to all of that influencing your cosplay. So it's just kind of the perfect character. And that's actually something I love with with cosplayers too is how many imagine reimaginations of Batman we've seen. You know, we've seen the classic take from, you know, adapting the comics or people who can do recreations of the film. But then you have like steampunk Batman or I remember <laughs> some friends uh went to the Renaissance Fair and did a whole Justice League medieval. Um, you know, that's people amazing. Yeah, people just will, will take this this character and his design and, yeah. and retool it for themselves and I think, you know, it's such a, a wealth of creativity and and you know we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Something you were touching on earlier was just how, with Batman's outfit, how it, it no matter what incarnation it is, it's always oh, yeah. iconic. Abs- over, I mean, there's, what, seven decades of Batman mythology, mm-hmm. and over that time, you have hundreds of iterations of Batman, yeah. and he's so perfectly conceived that every one of them's valid. That there's, car- even just do an animated Batman, there's 25, 30 different versions of mm-hmm. it. There's film Batman, comics Batman, there's old radio broadcast Batman. Yeah. There's the yeah. old film movie serials with the little pointy ears Absolutely. and like the cardboard mask oh, yeah. in the 40s going, put them up your duke, you know, and um, 23 <laughs> skidoo, you know, all you, all, all you ships at sea. Agents of the Japanese government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but th- th- I think that's, at, at least from a creative standpoint, from a design standpoint, that's the most amazing part of Batman as a creative endeavor or as an iconic piece of mythology is that the the mythology and the design kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. where one one supports the other and it's so perfect and there's and it's it's not even just a matter of within the batman there's the robin the nightwing there's batgirl there's mm-hmm. batwoman there's ace the bathound you can have <laughs> 
You can have a whole extended family, gay, straight, black, white, male, female, even dog, and everyone can make a Batman costume that's completely unique to them that they can identify with and and invest themselves in, and you're not stepping on anybody's toes, and you're not retreading any ground. I think that's amazing. And I would argue that with Batman 2, it's kind of, you can't really generalize Batman if you're Mm -hmm. somebody that says, I don't like Batman. It's like saying... Well, I don't, I don't like, like food. food. Right. Yeah, it's right. like, but there's so many different <laughs> mm-hmm. versions of Batman, and as you say, Jeff, there each one is just as valid as the other, and I think that's mm-hmm. what makes this a particularly interesting costume to cosplay because, as you say, everything is just as valid as the rest. Yeah. So even if you aren't able to fabricate a crazy bat suit mm-hmm. like we see from the Tim Burton films on, you can make yourself a spandex, like, Adam West style oh, Batman yeah. costume and it's just as awesome and just as easily recognizable mm-hmm. and widely accepted as being Batman. Hell, I, when I was a kid, it was underoos and a blue d- yeah, bath. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think we could still get those eight entire yeah, sure films that we're talking about, mm-hmm. too, so it's crazy to see the as we're talking about the yeah. evolution of Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, before we get into the evolution of Batman, a couple show notes. Um, just want to remind everyone that's listening, head on over to YouTube, hit that like button, uh, subscribe to us. Also head on over to iTunes and give us five stars because it keeps us coming back because uh, I have to say these things. I'm obligated <laughs> to. Uh, but into the more fun news, I uh, also want you to thank Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con, which is June 19th Yay! through the 21st coming up. Uh, and you'll actually see all of us, uh, Jeff and including, uh, we don't have a camera on her, but Jenna Bush is also joining us in the audience. Um, they will be there giving talks and panels about all things uh, comic and creator. I'm really excited for this. And we're all going to get our cars looked at before we leave. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. oh. dance warning for you guys. So we've got Alana and Emma are going to be doing uh, some really cool panels for you for you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. But yeah, come on out to uh, the South Point uh, June 19th to the 21st for Las Vegas Comic Con. Um, I'm really excited, too, because we'll be giving away uh, later at the end of the show the VIP package ticket. Yes. Uh, it's finally here. So we'll uh, stay tuned to the end of the show for how to win that. And then... You guys ready for the big news? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I reached out to McCall's Pattern Company. And uh, they reached back to me. And we had a really great conversation this week. And uh, it looks like we're going to be teaming up to offer you guys some really amazing things from their cosplay line. Uh, so yeah, starting next week, we're going to have a really cool contest. Uh, we're going to do the Countdown to Comic-Con, <laughs> uh, which we want to invite everyone who's coming to Comic-Con to participate in a costume contest uh, with the Popcorn Talk uh, folks and mm-hmm. Cosplay Coach. But those of you who can't make it out to San Diego, we're going to have a virtual contest just for you. Thank you so much to McCall's for sponsoring this. We're going to have some really great prizes uh, from them that we'll be giving out. We'll talk more about that later at the show uh, and, and kind of give you guys an idea of what you're going to win and how you can win it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, this is, we talk Every about time I yeah. think it's about the McCall yeah. sponsorship, I just get so excited. <laughs> and huge thanks to Mary for being yeah, so amazing. Like, I just wrote an email. Man. Amazing <laughs> things set up for you guys. It's, it's, it's all you, this woman. We all, you know, the, the reason we did this show is we really love cosplay. And so many of you guys who watch and, and tune in and talk to us every week, you know, you're new to it too. And and you're, you're I, we get so many questions like, how can we do this? How can we start that? Yeah. And we want to be able to give you guys something in return to help, you know, better your projects and help get your hands kind of in the nitty gritty and, and start creating. So, we're hoping going forward this is just one of many 
things that we'll be able to offer you uh, as as awesome viewers of the show. Yay! So, all right. Now, with that out of the way, it's time to get into creating an icon. Uh, we're going to look at the different Batman costumes and how they've taken inspiration from each other and how the Gotham universe has been altered by all the various incarnations of these classic characters, starting all the way from the first uh, Batman film to the more recent things. Um, I'm actually going to hand uh, this over to Alana because uh, yes. I want to thank her so much because she took point <laughs> and produced this entire show. Yay! So uh, let's, we let's, all love Batman. I know but. we all love Batman, <laughs> but I want I want you to shine today, sweetheart. So this is all you. Well, the original Batman series was uh, created in 1939 by Bob Kane mm-hmm. and Bill Finger, and that's where we were talking a little bit before about how all of these different aspects influence each other. Bob Kane was a huge film fan, uh, was actually on set for the original Batman, where they introduced the Batcave for the first time. Yeah, in was, oh, wow. the uh, yeah. 1943 serial. And the 1943 yeah. serial was actually uh, created, they had never had the Batcave prior to that, and Bob Kane on set immediately called Bill Finger and said, this is brilliant put it in the dailies for next week's comic strip Mm -hmm. and it was immediately adapted so that's just from the very beginning the inception of Batman it shows how they incorporate all these different elements and how the film can influence the comic and vice versa and the origin of the Joker goes back to the man who laughs yeah yes and even Alfred himself was completely changed he was this overweight Mm -hmm. Man and the uh, the comics was kind of this dumpy guy, and then um, when he was uh, played by William Austin with mm-hmm. his portrayal, mm-hmm. he was taller and slimmer and had the little pencil mustache. So they redrew the comic to reflect that. And I think that's fantastic because it also leads to one of my favorite um, backstories where Alfred with Alfred, where he's actually part of the MI uh, five or six, right. and he's you know post like former secret agent. Like you know, it's more easier for me to envision Alfred right. being this like crazy, deadly badass uh, who you know, as opposed to like oh, he kind of let himself. And go. again, that yeah. comes full circle with Michael Caine in the Dark Knight movies, where he mm-hmm. talks about his days with British Secret yeah. Service yeah. and and Burma and all that stuff, which was yeah. a great callback. 50 years later. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I absolutely love because uh, the Batman comics, they even had two versions of Batman. You have the Earth-1 Batman and the Earth-2 Batman. Mm-hmm. So they were able to run parallel stories at the exact same time. Right. Oh. So that it's able to even open up the audience even wider. So the first Batman movie that really kind of took hold was the 1966 Batman. Mm-hmm. And that was heavily influenced <laughs> by the uh, the Earth-1 Batman, which you can tell because they have the, the circular the oval, uh, the yellow yeah. with the bat symbol in the center, uh, which, I mean, those were a lot campier costumes. They were really fun. I think we have a, a picture of some of the original. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. Good. And so this more than any other version of the costume closely resembled the comic. And then you can even see we have, I think, a picture of Robin versus the comic. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so you can see. And then Batman versus the comic, pretty much identical. Yeah, and and I... You know, as a, as a lover of sewing spandex, I I really love the Adam West bats too because yeah. it's it's just it's simplistic in its design, but it gets the point across. Um, also, I feel like people kind of gave Adam a little hell for being mm-hmm. over like overweight for the part, but he's really fit. Like, yeah, yeah he's he, not. Yeah. He's that's not, a relative thing. Yeah. Though. That yeah. guy was. That guy was. He fits the original description more than anyone else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Two, he was really fit. If you see him, there yeah. pictures mm-hmm. of him without a shirt on. He's just ripped. And it's that just voice, a yeah. big guy. Yeah, and and his commitment, mm-hmm. like you know, I studied acting for a long time, mm-hmm. and as an actor. 
there's a thing like you might look at that oh that's silly and be dismissive of it because it's so campy that is not easy to do no. to commit like that he was in there like that, the whole time and, and that for me with the Adam West Batman the, you know the 60s series mm-hmm. that's actually why I think it holds up extremely oh, well yeah. absolutely it's because they went into it being committed to it being campy mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. like they made the show in the 60s and were like guys this is a serious drama like they, yeah. they meant for it to be that campy and I love that the movie reflects that campiness that they yeah. had from the series but they were able to kind of update it more for a film audience yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and he rocked that suit I and know. an ass caught at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. And yeah. you can take that bat signal to anywhere on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. You can take that to tribes mm-hmm. in New Guinea that have never seen a television and they go, oh, Batman. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know? It's, it's, there's something, too, about the that older series and, and the subsequent film that it reflected the time. You know, It absolutely mm-hmm. did. You know, we, we look at the, the dark and gritty uh, comic movies we want nowadays, but there's something to be said about the 60s Batman yeah. and, and the time and the era yeah. that it, it reflected. I mean, we, you know, this was... There was a, a lot going on in America at, the, at at that time, but I feel like we needed that humor and we needed the color and the the energy that came from it. And there's sometimes I kind of miss that, and that's why I I'm you know while I love um, Nolan's Batman series, I tend to always gravitate more towards the animated stuff, yeah. even mm-hmm. even with. Well, and we'll get into TAS later. Well, even with the anime series, it was a little bit darker. But like Brave and the Bold, yeah. Bold and the Batman, I like them because they're fun. Yeah, Brave and the Bold was so good. Yeah, yeah. so well, good. And I mean that—that's how I feel about the '60s Adam West Batman. And the thing that I really like about it as well is they, in addition to that acting style of it being very campy and mm-hmm. over the top, they also really committed to that in the design of the characters. Oh, yeah. As Elena yeah. was saying, it's like it, they mm-hmm. tried to mimic the comic book exactly. So much so that they painted. Shadows onto <laughs> Adam West's mask because in the comics his mask was often like looks. shaded. Yeah. So they literally did that. It's brilliant. They, they did also such the a good job with it. Yeah. And people too, they gave Adam West uh, some grief over the voice. But when you read the the comics, because yeah. people associate it with the Dark Knight, the mm-hmm. gritty uh, yeah. Batman. But you read the comics, they say that it's cool and commanding. Which yeah, n- yeah. nowhere does it say. Gritty and garbled. No, he's right. Right. Yeah. So it it really just it it's such a good reflection of how mm-hmm. it closely tied into the previous works and how they were able to kind of fuel each yeah, other. Totally. And the Rogues Gallery. I mean, all the the, the multiple versions of Catwoman who mm-hmm. were all great. Mm-hmm. Caesar Romero was amazing as the Joker. Mm-hmm. That guy oh was my amazing. gosh, he's incredible. Left his mustache yeah. on, creeped me the hell out when I was a kid. Yeah. And Gorshin as the Riddler was amazing. And hands down, the TV show had the greatest version of the Batmobile. Ever yes. committed yes. to film? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh! I Period. saw that for the first time in person at Comic Con a few years ago, oh, and on. I lost my mind. <laughs> I used to live in a place in North Hollywood. The only reason I got it was because it was down the street from the shop that made it. Yes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Amazing. We need a. We need um. Uh, an episode of Star Cars with the yes. Batmobile. Uh, and if I we know. could just get it to drive yes. out of the Batcave in Bronson Canyon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Theta, if you're watching, Star Cars, Batmobile. <laughs> oh, and then there's um, a great cape pattern, too, that you can get from the original Batman cape that has yeah. really severe oh, points. No. Um, that one's uh, William Studio 2, and you can get that uh, on their website. They have just a pattern of it that's that's available. So cool. And let, they me, have... let me tell you, as someone who's who's 
done a couple bat suits in her time. Making the the scallops is always a pain in the mm-hmm. butt. So much harder than you it, think. Yeah, you don't think it's going to be, but it's really it's it's difficult, especially if you're lining it because you get the puckering at yeah. the bottom. They have also great patterns too for the fins on mm. the uh, the gloves. Oh, on the gloves. Yeah. So, so, and that's really reminiscent of the Absolutely. 1966 version versus the 1989 right. version. Uh, directed by Tim Burton, which is one of my personal favorites. I absolutely I love the Tim Burton movies. Love, love, I love Tim Burton too. So, <laughs> um, this one had uh, the the black bat suit with the yellow ellipsis uh, symbol mm-hmm. and the yellow utility belt. It was really heavy armor, mm-hmm. um, which they also had the chest armor incorporate the bat symbol. Yeah, yeah which was you know a, a little bit more unique, which they then adapted for later films as well. Yeah. So you can really see how each of these movies, as they snowball and as they go, mm-hmm. pull in different aspects from the previous yeah. films. Um, what I thought was really interesting about this, this is you know in, in terms of incorporating you know previous versions of Batman, is that Bob Ringwood, who actually designed and created this bat suit, the bat armor, mm-hmm. the, the first version of it that we've seen in the subsequent mm-hmm. films, including you know up to the Christopher Nolan films, is that he'd never actually read Batman. He'd never read a Batman comic. He'd never watched any old Batman stuff. So he decided when he wow. was tasked with designing this, he bought 200 Batman comics yep. so that he could incorporate elements from all of the different versions of Batman into this Batsuit. I love it. And they ended up making 28 different of wow. the, the latex costumes of it that were different options wow. and 25 capes, six cows. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. No, no, from a, a design standpoint, um, you know, we're used to the spandex up until this point. Yeah. I, you know, do we, what was like kind of the thought process there? Like why, why oh. go on <laughs> well, I think a, 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 one of the big turning points in terms of how the movies reflected the comics was mm-hmm. the Dark Knight Returns, which came out in 86 right. and the Killing Joke, which came out in 87, mm-hmm. I think. And, I mean, talk about darker in tone and that grim and gritty thing, which at the time was kind of a response. You know, it's this pendulum effect where people wanted Batman to be dark and more reflective of the comics. And Mm -hmm. I think the public consciousness was so ingrained with the Biff Pal Zappo thing from the TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, now we've got enough distance from both of them where they can both kind of occupy their own space and it's not treading on Mm -hmm. anything. But I think Burton was so taken with The Dark Knight Returns and The Killing Joke especially, I know, that um, I think his mandate from the production design to the performances to the script as much as he could, because I know originally he wanted to do a much more faithful adaptation of The Dark Knight Returns, but it, by definition would have had to be rated R. Right. So there's no way they were going to yeah, get away with that. <laughs> but a lot of that darkness seeped into it and I think aesthetically and the iconography of it too, like... Um, the yellow symbol from yeah. the earlier one, but it's all black. It's armor. So it's much more real world and like what would happen if a guy was crazy enough to dress up like a bat and try to kick somebody's ass. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Know. I mean, and, and Bob Ringwood, the designer, was also super committed. He was like, I'm not having any blue. I'm mm-hmm. not having any bright mm-hmm. colors. I want to do black. And of course, you were also working with Michael Keaton oh, yeah, as yeah. Batman, who is not a big guy. He's no. not no. anything like Adam West. No. He's pretty average size. He's kind of skinny. Uh, and so, you know, 
Bob Ringwood was like, I gotta, I gotta make something to th- that's sexy for this guy. But not- see, I thought it was great because it goes to character. If you look it, at no, it, it really does. The way it sculpts mm-hmm. and creates mm-hmm. this illusion Absolutely. that he's yoked and, at. And that was one of the things that they were saying is like, ultimately, because we were working with this smaller, not so muscular guy, mm-hmm. we had to craft these muscles mm-hmm. that ended up being so much more interesting than real muscles. Um, uh, when Bob Ringwood was first working on it, he presented it to Tim Burton. He's like, I think it needs to be sexy. And, uh, and, and Tim Burton, and I have a really good quote for him, actually, about uh, comic books where he was saying that, you know, teens like comic books because they are sexy. They, you know, they tune into the sexual fantasy at that time that they're going through because most teens are reading them during puberty. And so that Bob's design was less outfit and more a complete suit. It isn't tights and underwear worn on the outside, but a complete operatic costume to overstate the image Batman has mm-hmm. of himself. We just took off the psychology of saying, here's a guy who doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but so why is he doing this? So Batman has created this whole image for himself through this Batsuit. I love that. There was only one problem with it. Was that, uh, <laughs> Michael Keaton tur- couldn't turn his head. Oh. So there was the one scene where uh, the Riddler is uh, shouting down, or the, I'm sorry, the, the Joker. Joker is shouting yeah. down to him from the helicopter, and he's supposed to look up. And so Michael Keaton turns and looks up, and it rips just from the oh. eye all the way down, just destroys the cowl. So they say, okay, don't do that again. <laughs> Please don't. But it ended up creating what's now known as the iconic hero, hero turn, hero turn yeah. where he just turns completely on his heels to turn his entire body around, which again reflects how the actor's portrayal mm-hmm. is influenced by the costume yeah. design, is influenced by the director's vision, and all of this is this one cohesive thing that right. uh, both... Christian Bale and also Val Kilmer and various people have said about the costume that it helped them personify the Michael Keaton especially because it was so difficult for him to move in that it created that statuesque image of this Batman that everybody then recreates later, not really aware that it's because of physical limitations. And it's it's such a a fascinating thing because, you know, from an actor's standpoint, you talk about, you know, there's so many actors who, who... get into these costumes and that's when they really feel their their character but also from a, a non-actor cosplayer standpoint when I put on that costume I become that character mm-hmm. and I feel different I feel bolder and stronger or you know sexier if, if the case might be and it's it is fantastic that you know comics in, in genre films can create these iconic outfits that allow us you know regular yeah. non-actor people to transform into something even for an afternoon yeah. and iconic's the, really the word because with Batman, that's such a through line through his whole history. You come back to that over and over and over again. It's not just one archetype. There's hundreds. It's mm. not just one iconic yeah. piece. There's mm-hmm. hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah. Burton's approach, Burton's silhouette, Burton's suit was completely different, but totally iconic on its own in a way that was completely separate from the TV show, yeah. from the comics, from TAS, from all that stuff. And um, I mean, and they're all totally badass. Every yeah. one of them, every incarnation is totally badass. And they, uh, the the real crazy design genius of it is. If you strip all the detail away from... You could line up every iteration of Batman ever made. It comes down to one simple silhouette, which is one line. The shoulders, the ears, the other shoulder. No matter what version it is, it comes down to that. And that's impossibly difficult to create something that archetypal and that Mm -hmm. iconic that's that simple. Yeah when you strip it all down it's yeah. crazy no and it's I mean it's 
it's a true testament to to the original designer. The original yeah. designer, it's amazing. Yeah, and to really all the subsequent yeah. designers ever, yeah, to I mean, create to, to something that. unique that yeah. still has the iconic look. Really curious yeah. to see yeah. how the uh, how Batflex going to hold up in that, <laughs> store, in that oh, lineup. We'll see. Aww. We'll see. Duct tape, now, Batman. The thing with this movie too is they actually had to incorporate some product placement for it for Nike. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, they ended <laughs> up because they needed to. They crafted Batman's boots off of the Nike. Sneaker base. Oh my gosh! Just to just to get that product placement in there. <laughs> Another thing that your designer is incorporating all of these oh elements. No. The director then says, "Okay, also we want Batman to be badass and wear Nike." Right. And your response is, "Okay, okay, so you want like a swoosh?" <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'm going to put a challenge out there to any cosplayer <laughs> to do that. I want to see an original '89 uh, yes, Burton Batman yes. with the Nike soul. With the Nike. Yeah. Now I loved um, to. For this one, they they had the bat emblem on it. That was the uh, the three feet points. We have, mm-hmm. I believe, a picture of Michael Keaton in the because there was a legal yeah, dispute with the first one, right? Yeah, because the WB. Um, oh yeah, I they, about yeah. that. Yeah, they weren't allowed to use the two feet point emblem. It wasn't granted at the time of filming, but luckily they had it for Batman Returns. Yes. So that's one of yeah. the, the things the that changed. But that's why they had to incorporate the iconic classic symbol. With basically reinventing the Nike swoosh, but making it where it's this iconic representation, but a subtle change to get away from the Greek it enough to where you can get the product placement out of the way. So there are all these elements the designers have to incorporate that you don't even think about when you're watching the movie. Not at all. And it's just, it's so crazy. I I keep thinking about in back then Nike having the mandate was to do it Nike and I keep imagining like an Air Batman campaign like Air Batman <laughs> like this with the cape going behind him I think really yeah. that was a missed opportunity I him and Jordan that. in a commercial yeah, that would have been fantastic <laughs> So there is, and Buttrick released a uh, Batman Returns template that they have, which is adorable. I I wonder. I wonder if it's in the uh, the McCall's Butterick. like archives catalog. I'm. I'm. I know you can get it on eBay. Yeah, I'm going to send an email to be like. I vividly remember yeah. these patterns because I was obsessed mm-hmm. with Batman Returns. Like, I made my mom make me a Catwoman suit yes. like Michelle Pfeiffer's. She oh, made it out so of amazing. fabric. Wow, yeah. talk about crazy iconic designs, too. Right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was Yeah, we actually, uh, uh, James B. Mm-hmm. in our chat was saying that the 92 Catwoman is his favorite costume from mm-hmm. the Burtonverse, and I agree. Yes, and we'll be talking, actually, we're going to be talking about the DC bombshells, the women yes. of uh, Batman and Beyond, uh, next week. So All the really girls in the studio. Yeah, because like, yeah, a lot of right it was now, like even can, behind the scenes. Yeah, a lot of it was like, oh, I have all these other people. I'm like, no, let's give the girls their own episode. They yeah, deserve yes, it. So that'll be next week. <laughs> I'm it. excited. So, yeah, this, this I'm like, I want to see someone make this. It's How? the littlest Batman. I was say, I, I'm trying to remember now if my mom ever made this for my brother. I can't remember. Mom, if you're watching, text me later. Yeah. <laughs> this one for Batman Returns still had the same issues with the cowl, but they yes. made the actual costume out of like a thinner, more flexible mm-hmm. um, rubber. Mm-hmm. And they had made the first one out of like this thicker yeah. foam rubber. So this one gave a little bit more flexibility. It had a little bit less of the definition yeah. um, to it that the, the first one had. It looked more like armor, right? It was yeah, sculpted. It looked yeah. Yeah. more yeah. like armor. Um, but it was very much similar to the original design, except for the emblem, of course. Looked more mm-hmm. like the actual. Yeah, they refined the cow on returns a little bit too. Yeah, 
Yeah. Which it was yeah. a little bit sleeker. And because and, in the first one, his cheeks were kind of puffy because the yeah, latex actually, was really I, thick. I was just recently mm-hmm. rewatching the first one and I was like, that's a, there's a lot going on in the cheekbone area right. with this mask. Well, and you have to think too, like, you know, we're so used to the materials we have access now. We can create things for these bat suits, but, you know, 20 years ago what they had to work with like mm-hmm. having to create their own types of foam rubber oh yeah for, for I mean they, they made a like fiberglass mold of mm-hmm. Michael Keaton's body to physically sculpt all of these pieces onto him which is uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's easy to take it for granted now but you know mm-hmm. a lot of things that we take for granted now in movies with all this pop culture iconography, these people invented it. There yes, was nothing yeah. to go yes. on. There was yeah. nothing to refer no, to. No, I, I would argue that without the Burton Batman films and them having fabricated this entire suit, we wouldn't see stuff like we oh, see absolutely. today in in you know the more recent Batman films and in even some of the other Marvel super, movies, yeah. like the Adventures and things. We would we would not. It pretty much revolutionized the the look and absolutely. the concept of how 100%. to create. The, which is gone in so many directions. Well, now. I mean, and wasn't it? It's it, legendary makeup artist Keith Baker did so. Didn't he do some Rick work? Rick Baker did for Batman Baker, Forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Batman Forever yeah, was forever. the, uh, the next it. one that was in 1995, and that was when they replaced Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, after Joel Schumacher took mm-hmm. the reins, Michael Keaton, I guess they had some agreement, so he dropped out, and that's when Batman was then replaced with a, the different actor, Val Kilmer. Right. Yeah. So that was when it led into yeah, the yeah. Val Kilmer Batman, which... Into the duct. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was really... It was just crazy because Warner Brothers replaced Tim Burton because they felt that the sequel should have made more money. Yeah. And so they said, well, we're going to mainstream it. We'll get a new director, which is now, you think, mainstream oh, director. Yeah. yeah. Not Tim Burton. He's just... He's, he's too out there. Well, he's now, like, one of the most mainstream that you have. I so agree. kind of crazy to see how... They they thought that direction, and then yeah, maybe yeah, and especially because where where Batman Returns went to, where you can argue that Batman Forever kind of revived some of that campiness. You know, it brought some of the fun back, and and I I enjoy Batman Forever for what it is. Yeah, uh, I agree. Also, one of the best Seal songs ever yes. came from that. Kiss from a Rose. Let's just <laughs> yes. acknowledge that. The U2 um, song was really good. They had a really cool yeah, animated the whole, video. The whole album is yeah, great. Yeah. I, I actually like this movie yeah, a lot. Yeah, but um, it was one that you have to look at the time period. It was 1995. Mm-hmm. They're even quoted as saying that they wanted a more MTV, yeah, yeah. Right. organic, uh, and edgier feel. Yeah. So the best way to do that is to just add nipples. Of course, no. <laughs> so no, no, Schumacher will never live that. That is going to be on his grave. Yep, that's actually all of his cool. Yeah, that's going to be on his grave. Are you kidding me? I think that will be on my gravestone. Is how I'm remembered. <laughs> and it, because every interview they ask him, "Hey man, what's up with the uh, bad nipples?" Like even now, <laughs> I know people are still baffled. You can't, by yeah, you can't, you can't talk about it without addressing that. that. The the. the is it the car? Chicks dig the car. Yes. <laughs> now, they actually had two different suits for this one. The panther suit. Uh, I believe we have a photo of that. Uh, the panther suit, first of all. Yeah. Oh. Oh. There you go. No, yeah. There. See, there that's, 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 a, panther yeah. suit. that's a great looking, because ver- that's like a mashup of the first two Burton ones, and that's really that's really a great yeah. design. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was the first one that we saw in this film, yeah. too. So mm-hmm. initially, as an audience, you're like, oh, that's really cool. It's not that far from what we saw. And no, you got to give it up, too. Val Kilmer was a handsome dude. He was a really you handsome know, dude. He could sell Bruce Wayne and yeah. Batman. I'd buy I'd buy Val Kilmer as either Absolutely. one of those dudes. Oh, yeah. 
And I just, I, I just, I love like you know, if you just black it out, the silhouette alone on that bat suit is, to me, one of the most iconic yeah. of the film suit. Because he looks like a feral animal. He yeah. looks like yeah. he could jump out of a corner and like uh-huh. take someone up ten stories and hang him from a ledge. And I and I love the this particular utility belt too because it has a little yes. bit of a slope. It kind of you know draws some of the lines in. I mean, it's it's actually something you see more on female characters than male. Absolutely, but it works so well in this design because it broadens his shoulders and gives him that. You know that um, the trapezoid, yeah, the upside down triangle. Yeah. <laughs> and this was such a, an interesting film because they were able to use the storyline to explain why they had an entirely different suit later on. Yeah. Was that uh, when the Riddler destroys all of the original bat suits, he right. then has to wear the sonar suit, which is which, a, which, uh, I think we have, which helps him throw yeah. his batarangs for some yeah, reason. <laughs> The panther suit versus the sonar yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you yeah. can see really incorporates more the chest piece, the uh, the emblem into the actual costume. This was another one. That's when they had the white because the, the sonar were able to slide over on the cow to give them that night vision, that extra vision. Where things vision. start going downhill design-wise. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I can, you know, while, while the execution wasn't there, the concept is great because you think mm-hmm. about a bat. He, you know, yeah. that's right, right. new yeah. sonar and the, the idea of incorporating his namesake uh, into the suit is is a really good I- yeah. idea design-wise. And all the later ones incorporate the, mm-hmm. the flat bat yes. on the chest. Yes. As I always preferred the symbol. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the Aesthetically, but it goes to character again. Mm-hmm. I remember in uh, Dark Knight Returns, there's a great thing where Batman gets shot in the chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. talks about specifically designing the plate as a target for people that are going to shoot him right. because his head's more vulnerable and it draws their fire to his chest mm-hmm. where he's safe. Smart. Yeah. And I always yeah. thought that was a really cool little detail thing that seems to get lost when it just... And there's something powerful and I kind of, you know, like, yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah. See? Yeah. And as, as we said, he uh, Batman establishes himself as a symbol. That symbol mm-hmm. is more yeah. important than the man. It's in literal the suit. and figure. That's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. Yep. Which I absolutely love both of these costumes mm-hmm. and thought that this was a great contribution. Apparently, uh, they uh, felt the same because they created an entire Butterick line <laughs> off of this one. Which let's look at these. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Look at that stitching. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Check out Robin. That's like uh, mid. Eight, oh that's mid nineties rave Batman. <laughs> that is, that's perfect. I mean, that's why I love Robin because he's so colorful. Yeah, and he looks great awesome. in like cotton lycra. Yeah, that's how he should be out, done. Check check out out the I mean, Burt Ward's yeah. mask in the in the sixty series was literally made of felt. <laughs> now this, I love the little baby Riddler. This is actually funny. They um, they he's had issues when they were filming this because Tommy Lee Jones really got into it with Jim Carrey. So really? there are some scenes because Jim oh, Carrey heard was about doing that. He was doing all these big. He was kind of in. Still entertaining the crew as well behind yeah. the scenes I'm doing these scary. good things. So Tommy Lee Jones mm-hmm. went up to the director and said, "Hey, you need to tell him to stop doing that." And he said, "No, it's great, it's great." Yeah. So there are a few scenes if you watch Tommy Lee Jones, she starts imitating the Riddler and he starts doing like these crazy things, and it was really just him as a subtle f off to oh Jim Carrey God. that ended up making it to the movie and being kind of entertaining. Yeah. So. And Tommy Lee Jones was so, my, the only thing because I like the movie. I think it's a great point. Yeah, it, it's, it's really fine. good for what it is. Yeah. yeah. But the thing I always thought was a bummer was Tommy Lee Jones is so good, and I just wish they had either saved Two Face for his own movie and let him right. done the whole thing and played yeah. it straight, because there was just too many of them, and the, 
it was great for Carrie's Riddler, but I think Two Face didn't really yeah. benefit from the right. melted yeah. down Crayola crayon. It was, it was too much crazy. Thing. It was. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, I've always said that this was uh, a role Jim Carrey was born oh. for. I I love him in this the way that Patrick Stewart is yes. Captain Picard. Yep. And, uh, yeah. His just, performance in this movie is absolutely yeah, brilliant. And it, it does, unfortunately, not, I wouldn't say outshine Tommy Lee Jones, but it does, yeah. it doesn't mesh. Yeah. Right. And his costume should have been too. And that's another kind of testament to where there's so much in the Batman universe that sometimes producers say, oh, well, let's throw everybody yeah. in. Yeah, and, and then, more isn't better. No. More's yeah. just more. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. you just sometimes. go, well, there's Avengers. <laughs> Sorry. sorry. <laughs> now, before we move it's on to uh, George Clooney's Batman, I want to back up just a little oh, bit because I know oh Emma's my. a huge fan of the uh, animated series. Yeah, and oh. I actually think that animated series is sort of a nice bridge in some ways between the Burton Batman films and the Schumacher Batman mm-hmm. films where the animated series, we started seeing a little more of the fun being pulled yes. into it, like from the, the uh, Adam West series. That's something that we, we see a lot mm-hmm. in the Batman series that have held up and been extremely successful is because they are so extremely stylized. Uh, so basically when uh, creators uh, Bruce Timm and Eric Radomski were designing the series, they wanted to emulate the Burton films and they wanted to incorporate the otherworldly timelessness, they said, basically, that was in the Burton films. So they had ridiculous things in it, like police blimps, which don't exist, but they're like, they look great in our world, so let's do that. Um, uh, another thing is that I thought was really interesting was that they insisted that all of the backgrounds in this series... Have red skies. Yeah, and yeah. that they were drawn with light colors on black backgrounds. They were not drawing on white backgrounds. They were drawing on black backgrounds to give it that kind of gritty... It's almost like a, a film noir look. It, yeah. I love that. And, and something that I love about the animated series specifically that I feel the other non-comic mediums of Batman that haven't really um, encapsulated is how much Gotham itself was a character. It very much is. Um, And and the thing that I also really love about animated anything from a cosplay standpoint Mm -hmm. is it allows you so much more room for interpretation because you are not trying to emulate a physical costume that already exists. Mm -hmm. So you have with the Batsuit in this version... Quite honestly, more than anything else, this is like a more serious version of the Adam West costume. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's very based, you know, in the comics. And and, and I mean, I, I have an image there that is like an evolution of how it kind of went throughout Batman, and then ultimately ended with uh, Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond. But uh, but you can see, you know, it started that there was the blue lining in the cape, and then later on it was a gray lining, and and so there, there's a lot of fun sort of bat suits to play with, even within the animated universe. And again, mm-hmm. it's like you can make this suit out of spandex and nobody's going to be any the wiser because hey maybe that's what it's made and out all of. four of those designs harken back to a different era of Batman exactly the, the first one's like 60s mm-hmm. Batman yep. the second one's like total Frank Miller Dark Knight yeah, Returns yeah it, it totally is the third one's like the most contemporary amalgam of all three yep and then the last one is future like um, forward thinking sci-fi version yeah. which is just as valid on its face absolutely I, I, I always thought Tim's version of Batman was pretty much the definitive one it has a quality that to this day none of the films have gotten right I agree and I've actually, I'm actually shocked in all the years they've been doing the mm-hmm. films that they've never reached out to Paul Dini, who wrote a lot of yes. them, Bruce Tim, and mm-hmm. and had them consult or 
do something to incorporate some of the flair they had from the show because it was absolutely pitch perfect. It was, and and it's like stylistically and just tone wise, I feel like they completely nailed it. And for and for so many of us, you know, this this is our Batman. It is. This is what yeah. we were introduced to, grew up on, and and you're right. Like you know, I look at I look at the upcoming Suicide Squad film, which I feel like that should be a, a Dini story. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, I yeah. know he hasn't really done Suicide Squad, but it's it's so ripe for his storytelling, especially. His Harley, um, yeah. you know, one-off yeah. stuff, and I would, I would love to see if we're going to reboot the franchise again. Let's do it with this world because yes. I think there's so I much agree. to draw from, I agree. and especially if you want to reach both a young and an older audience, this will draw us to the new film because yeah. there, it's it's within our childhood, absolutely, and then it'll also speak to a younger generation. Yeah. Who wants to be attracted? And, and to the game designers who the Arkham yeah. series of video games is hugely oh, iconic and popular. Absolutely, because they incorporated a lot of hints of the mythology and from they have the, the different old animated skins, show. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. exact replicas of that. So whereas the animated series really just hit the target, <laughs> kind of a sharp contrast with 1997 Batman and Robin. Oh, that was oh, oh, All of the uh, actors at some point have apologized for their roles in that movie, ranked as one of the worst superhero movies ever. Actually was nominated though for Best Makeup and Best Costume Design um, for the Saturn Awards. Didn't win either of those but won multiple Razzies. It was nominated for 11 of them. So... Yikes. And that's all we'll say on that, I guess. <laughs> I so feel like we skipped yeah, right over that one. A movie that was made to sell toys. Although. <laughs> Pretty much, which yeah. actually, it was um, Chris O'Donnell who played Robin who even said, quote, uh, he said, I it just felt like everything got a little bit soft the second time on oh, Batman yeah. Forever. I felt mm-hmm. like I was making a movie. The second time, I felt like I was making a kid's toy commercial. And yeah. There you go. There you go. And there you go. And basically, <sighs> it's, they're popped right out of the package. Right. So. On, on YouTube, there's a... Um, a mashup, like a collection of all of Schwarzenegger's terrible puns. Oh my god! Uh, yes, all collected as That's one long running pun, and it's amazing. It's so spectacularly bad. It comes all the way back around. And it's genius. Oh, so if you get a amazing. chance. Track yeah. down the Schwarzenegger montage from Batman and Robin and save yourself from watching the rest <laughs> yeah, of the movie. Yeah, it's all the best freeze lines. Let's kick some ice. ice. Yes. No, no guys, I hear Schwarzenegger them in my head when I'm playing Arkham, yeah. though. Yeah. And anytime yeah. you're in that level yes. where you're like running from Mr. Freeze and you're hiding from <laughs> things, and I'm just like, yeah. Chill out, come I, on. I wish I want to get a mod for um, Arkham so it can I just be. You, yeah, what, uh, that's our yes. producer just said to oh us. Oh my god, I oh. love you, Alexis. <laughs> But oh. then Batman got back on on track. Batman got cool again. It got cool again. <laughs> it did. So there was a minor dip, mm-hmm. but even that one was pretty fun. But Batman Begins, 2005, Christopher Nolan. This is really hailed as kind of the resurrection of Batman yes. after people, many producers mm-hmm. really have rejected movies after the failure of mm-hmm. Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. saying that basically thought that the franchise was somewhat Done. dead. Yeah. yeah. Which. Batman can never die. No. Unless he's Earth 2 Batman in 1979 yeah. when he was Or killed. he gets hit by a, a, a cosmic bullet. Sure. Yeah, then there you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, this was the Christian Bale Batman mm-hmm. that really kind of the new generation yeah. hails as the Batman. This is when we got the complete new bat suit. Um, very mobile bat suit that would actually be able to fight and crouch and turn his head. Turn yes. his head. It was uh, separated. Luckily, they uh, they based the helmet off. Of, they based it off of a motorcycle helmet that was disconnected from the neck, so they were able. Luckily, the actor could move his head up and down, right. side yeah. to side, for the first time. And it was brilliant. They yeah. actually put that in the movie, where yeah. that's actually a point of 
the story. Yeah. It's like, come on, help me. I can't look at nothing here. Yes. Because at the, by that point, the audience was saying, why is this still happening? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice that they were able, uh, Lindy Hemming, who was the costume designer, yeah. was able to say, hey, this is this needs to be a plot point because yeah. this is ridiculous well, that our character is limited. Yeah, and, and also, you know, while, while we still don't have the iconic yellow symbol, um, I feel in terms of costume designs in the film, this is kind of the, what's coming up to the fully realized bat suit. And, and you know, it is a lot due to the technolo- technological advancements we have in costume design and, and making and mm-hmm. the materials we have. But it's, it is just so... Uh, fantastic that, you know, while we, we don't have the yellow symbol, we do have the, the gold belt, which yeah. draws attention and mm-hmm. breaks it up, um, which I thought was a, a really smart design choice. I also like that they kind of went away from the pointed cape um, mm-hmm. to a more, like, abundant flowing cake. It really reminds me more of um, The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, yeah. uh, any of Frank Miller's drawings yeah. of, of Batman always has just such, you know, like layers upon layers of fabric. Yeah. They and you can created... hear that thick cloak yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. They created the whole thing out of their own specialized uh, parachute nylon that was the same that was used by the British Ministry of Defense. Oh my god. So they wow. used, yeah, they took that fabric mm-hmm. and said, you know, basically... This is good enough for a real life soldier. This is good for Batman, who is the <laughs> yeah yeah. And this is know, also when we start crusader. to see the an incorporation of dye sublimation, um, which is a process of taking a, a fabric and uh, putting like a, a coating, mm-hmm. a, a plastic mm-hmm. or uh, urethane coating on top of it. And um, it was it was used for some of the under uh, armor parts for Batman, but it's most iconic for when we um, skip a couple of movies ahead to Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catwoman's costume. So, but the, this dye sub process is so essential in the modern day superhero costume uh, that we see it, you know, starting to use here. And and now it's it's also a, a great process that uh, you know, ten years ago, us fans couldn't access it, but now. People, our peers in the cosplay community, a couple of them have dye sub machines and are doing dye sub suits for mm-hmm. people, and it's it's really awesome to have access to that. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I love how Meredith was talking before about how you know you mm-hmm. put on your cosplay, you kind of embody this character. Yeah. Um, because the suit had so many difficulties, even though he was able to to move his head and had a little bit more mobility, it was so hot and uncomfortable that uh, Bale even said that it because it heated up so much, it kind of helped him create the foul mood of the character. Batman's uh, meant to be fierce and you become a beast in that suit as Batman should be. Not a man in a suit, but a different creature. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, which, that's very much what Batman is about because Bruce Wayne is just like a rich guy. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah. have any powers. Well, Bruce Wayne's really the man. I always thought that Bruce Wayne's really the facade. He's really the costume. Right. And, and Batman's, Batman's the real yeah. guy. Deal. Yeah. That and, is. Then, and then Tom Hardy finally went, how do you go to the bathroom? I mean, all that stuff. <laughs> Batman. Oh. And I love the 2008 Dark Knight. They kind of oh. updated it yeah, even they more. And they were uh, they improved upon the design. They added the wide elastic banding mm-hmm. um, that would help bind the costume. So it looked like a more sophisticated technology. It looked more like it was a second skin for yeah. him. Yeah. Which is really reflective of how the... And the cowl was attached. To, it, it wasn't just a little cute <sighs> yeah. triangles. Mm-hmm. It was like the whole neck piece. It, it yeah. felt like it was part of it. Because in, in, in Batman uh, Begins, it definitely was a... a it looks too separate from yeah. And this looks like a complete a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But I, all great. Just the iconography. Just those yeah. three alone. I mean, it just... It just the, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. They mm-hmm. kept the uh, the same kind of costume remained mm-hmm. unchanged since Dark Knight right. going yeah. into uh, uh, the... Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Um, because part of it, too, was that the cow was sculpted right. yeah. directly to Bale's face. And so yeah. it became the perfect fit. It was just... 
a great costume. So that's another thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just yeah. keep it the same. Leave it's it true. to the next movie. It, it makes sense for the character. For the next yeah. movie. Um, so we're going to look at one last vintage McCall's pattern, which oh. I love. Is just this was their kind of general Batman from back in my day. Uh, oh we have just kind of the the loose Batman look. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So when in classic. doubt, when in doubt, you still have an option. Oh Even if you gosh. just have a big black sheet and you want to be Batman, you can still it. rock it. Oh wow. Or albino Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, is that supposed to be Storm Shadow? I love it. Now, I, love it. I know uh, um, we had some fan submissions. We did. Uh, I'm super excited. Um, let's see. Uh, if oh no, I guess not. I did they not get in there, Alana? Oh no. Oh, um, no. oh, oh. Gosh. there's a well. She's gonna check because um, I did want to <laughs> show off a couple. Uh, one of them, uh, hopefully, we'll find it. It's Michael Cox, who uh, is one of the nicest Batman cosplayers I've ever had the honor of working with. I actually met Michael. Uh, God, almost 10 years ago now um, when we were living in Florida and I worked with him um, at a group called Heroes Alliance and we did charity events. Uh, so we dressed up as the Justice League. He actually did, um, you know, uh, he did Bat- Green Lantern at the time, but now he's doing Batman. Um, and we would go visit uh, various children in hospitals and, and oh, wow, kind of spend great. time with sick children. Um, and so Michael you were like is, real life superheroes. He, yeah. Um, and and I've, Michael's actually been like just a very dear friend of mine and he recently started doing Batman and I wanted to feature his Batman costume, but I feel like maybe the picture missed and now well, I'm really sad. Pull, so pulling that no. up. I'm Why don't we sorry. talk about oh, our super exciting uh, okay. news for all of our oh, fans God. watching now? Well, first mm-hmm. off, don't we have a ticket? Uh, two tickets to give away to Amazing Vegas from our time. Well, who's new. the winner from uh, the pre the Pride and Prejudice episode yes. that I missed? Uh, so from mm-hmm. the Pride and Prejudice episode that you. We're not here for... Okay, so uh, our next winner for two tickets to mm-hmm. Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con is Crushing It Daily, who left Ooh. us an awesome five-star <laughs> review on it iTunes. Right now. Crushing It Right Now with those five-star <laughs> reviews and winning things. Uh, yes, so uh, so far, Shayla Valencia, Tavish DeGroote, and Crushing It Daily, please email us at thecosplaycoach at gmail.com. Leave us all your contact info so we can pass it on to our contacts at Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con so we can get you guys in the door. Uh, remember, you have to get yourself there, but you and a friend can come for free because you like us and are saying nice things about us and we oh. like that. There it <laughs> there is. There it is. Uh, and this, yeah, this is uh, Michael <laughs> Cox's Batman. He actually incorporated some of the armor design but still sticking with that original comic spandex uh, stuff. So it, it's just something I wanted to uh, yeah. show up there about yeah, how you man. can even take your own interpretation of the iconic comic design and kind of revolutionize and modern it. Mm-hmm. So. And it's even better if you use it to make children happy. I know. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get back into doing more of that stuff now that I'm situated out here. Uh, but yay, thanks Michael. Uh, he was but our order submission. That was great. Yeah. Yes, and Meredith is about to make uh, some of our viewers very happy right now. <laughs> Alright, so um, we are going to do the uh, ultimate amazing Las Vegas Comic Con experience. What? This will be for one three-day badge. VIP check-in. That means you don't have to wait in any lines. You just go straight up to the VIP booth. You're going to get early admission into the main hall 30 minutes before to get all the shopping done. This also gets you priority seating on all the panels. So with Rob Liefeld, Greg Coppolo, who's drawn Batman for years, Kevin Eastman's going to be there and more. You're going to have your own special front row seating just for you. And also they've got a really great gift bag with some original artwork and con exclusives. Uh, So this is going to be yours to win. Again, you got to get yourself to Vegas. Uh, Get yourself, but we'll get you in the doors and we'll get you all this cool stuff. And uh, I think 
what we're going to do for a prize. Want to do a little video? Want to do a video challenge? Yeah, I think, I think we're going to so. do a video challenge. <laughs> so um, we want you to dress up in your favorite cosplay and submit us a video just saying, hi, my name is, and you're watching The Cosplay Coach, and tell us why you love cosplay. We're going to post the videos on our website and on our Facebook page, and we'll let viewers vote, and the winner will get the Mason Las Vegas Comic Con VIP package. Yay! Yay. So, <laughs> you can also meet us there. We'll exactly. We're cool. Yeah. Um, and then also, next week, we will be unveiling our Road to Comic Con cosplay challenge. You're going to have an entire month to create a costume and you're going to win an amazing prize pack from McCall's Pattern Company and some other sponsors. So stay tuned next week for what that challenge is and uh, we'll get the ball rolling for that. Yes. So, so make your video now and then make yeah. your costume later. later. Just exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and your costume <laughs> can be something you made for the, for, for the Amazing Vegas Challenge. Make something you made, something you bought. Just show us why you love cosplay yeah. and uh, we're going to share it with the world. Me so and Jen are going to do Pinky in the Brain. It's it. wonderful. Take over the world. <laughs> All right, guys. Come on, uh, All right, we have to wrap it up and head out, but we will be back next week. Once again, go to YouTube. Hit that little like button. Tell us that you love us. Head on over to iTunes. Give us the five-star rating and comment. We like to talk to you, so so leave us comments and we'll write back. Uh, once again, I am Meredith Placco at M Placco. I'm Emma Fife at Emma Fife. <laughs> I'm Elena Jordan at Elena Jordan. I'm Jeffrey Henderson at, at Planet Henderson. And thank you so much, Jeffrey, for coming out yes. and talking about it. It's absolutely my pleasure. Awesome. It's my pleasure. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.